Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Before I get started, I just want to give a quick plug to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. This week I did an episode on Darcy and Stacy from 90 Day Fiance. People have been begging me to watch 90 Day Fiance for a million years. Well, now I've watched Darcy and Stacy. I love it. I love Darcy. She's an enigma. I think about her all of the time now. Uh, next week, I believe I'll be doing an episode on my Super Sweet 16 with Kara, Regina Carter's episode, and I have some fun stuff coming down the pipeline. So patreon.com slash Liz Explains and you get access to like 160 or something. I actually have no idea, but a ton of episodes. So go sign up. Hey, hey, everyone. I'm going to do the new episode. I know I said I might do throwbacks and do two episodes at once, but just the way my schedule worked out, I'm doing the new episode. And I have to say, I actually thought this was a good episode. (laughs) Now, do I think this season will be good? No, no, of course not. Do I think this was like a pretty good episode? episode of Teen Mom 2 for the current state of Teen Mom 2. Yeah, it was pretty good. Or at least like there's stuff that I want to talk about. I will say today I'm recording this on Wednesday. The new episode came out last night and I'm kind of like mourning the loss of Teen Mom 2 and Teen Mom OG really. But new Teen Mom episodes is being worth discussing. I today got on Reddit and was like, let me see what people are saying about the premiere. No posts about it. I mean, maybe there was a post or two that I just didn't see. But it's sad to think that like a whole season would premiere and nobody really has anything to say about it. I know they have like live discussion posts and there might even be like a post episode discussion thread. But it used to be when a new season would premiere or a new episode would premiere the next day there would be tons of posts about it and unfortunately like that's not a thing anymore and teen mom as like being something we're talking about is starting to die and I don't really know where that leaves me (laughs) host of the teen mom podcast feathers in my hair I'm not sure where that leaves me yes there is tons of back content I could talk about, but I just feel a little sad. It's like the end of an era, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Teen Mom has been such a huge part of my life. I'm like giving a eulogy. That's what I'm looking for. I'm like giving a eulogy to a show that's truly, I am still going to be watching every week. I'm going to be talking about every week. We'll at least have this season. We'll get another season of OG. We're getting another season of Girls Night In probably another season of Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. And yet I'm sitting here memorializing it because for the first time for me, not that I'm feeling like I'm over the show because I think any listener of this podcast and anybody who watches Teen Mom knows that I've been feeling that way. You've been feeling that way. We've all been feeling that way. But something about the loss of people caring about the lives of the teen moms is like very sad to me. If you go on the Reddit, truly it's just Janelle's TikToks being discussed. There'll be like two or three posts about how Kale is the worst, which she is, 
and talking about how fat she is, which whatever. Then there'll be like 18 posts about Janelle's TikTok and how fat she is. And that's really it. That's really all that there is to it over on Teen Mom Reddit. Teen Mom Twitter, like not a thing anymore. You know, I'm not part of Teen Mom Facebook. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Teen Mom Twitter is going on, but it doesn't come across my feed anymore. And part of that may be because my Twitter got suspended and I have to get a new Twitter account. You should follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's Bentley Liz 2. It used to be Bentley Liz 1. And then my account got permanently suspended because I had copyrighted music in the background of a TikTok I posted. What was that TikTok, you ask? Oh, was it a TikTok that Coco Arquette, daughter of Courtney and David, posted? Yeah, that's what it was. Did a Coco Arquette TikTok that was like a year and a half old by the time it got flagged get my fucking Twitter permanently suspended? Yes, it did. Now, I had had warnings before in the past and I should have went through and like deleted all TikToks that I had posted and I used to post a lot of them, which I don't anymore, which sucks because I don't want to get another account suspended. Um, But I didn't do that. And so I got like two warnings or something and then like I was out. So stupid. I would have like just taken down the fucking video. Like it was truly a year and a half old tweet or something like that. It was so old. I didn't care. I barely cared when I posted in the first place. But follow me on Twitter, Bentley Liz too. I talk about, I don't know, Wordle, like everybody else. I talk about the New York Times mini. I'm a crossword girl now. I'm getting into crossword puzzles. They're really hard. You have to learn the language of crosswords. But it's been fun. I've been enjoying it. So follow me on Twitter. But yeah, so Teen Mom Twitter might still be going a little more, but like a lot of those accounts just didn't carry over to my new timeline. But I just feel a little sad about it. I feel a little sad about it. Because when I started this podcast, like the episodes were still not great. I mean, honestly, the episodes have like never been great of the show. Sometimes I rewatch early seasons. I'm like, this isn't that interesting. I just have some rose colored glasses on with it. But when I started this podcast, there was still so much interesting drama happening in between between the girls, their lives that felt really worth talking about. And it just feels sad that that's no longer the case. So yeah, those are my sad feelings (laughs) on Teen Mom 2 being a dying, dying fandom. But like I said, I actually liked this premiere. I... I thought it was really fun. I had a lot of notes, actually. I have five, like four and a half pages of notes, which usually I'm struggling to get two, four, like I'm struggling to get two, four pages, two, four pages. I'm struggling to get over three pages. That sounds better. So I was like pumping out these notes. I felt like a decent amount was going in. Um, I thought some decent storylines are being set up and yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about this. And I'm going to start with Leah, who had the least amount happening. But I, I need to set the record straight when it comes to Leah and Jalen. I'm pretty sure I've already set the record straight because we have discussed her meeting him on this podcast. There's no way I haven't. But this, I will say this really feels like kind of the reason I started my podcast, right? Because I didn't feel like, well, first of all, there were no other Teen Mom podcasts when I started this. 
And I really wanted to be the person that was like correcting the timeline and letting people know what was actually happening that we weren't seeing on the TV. And I do feel like I've done a good job at doing that. And Leah's episode this in this premiere, I can do that again. I'm not sure I feel like I've really done that in a while with the new episodes. What the fuck was this? This was full, like, season three, have not broken the fourth wall, need to set up storylines in a very awkward way. Nothing can happen off camera. It all must happen on camera or else the audience will never understand. I don't I don't know what the motives are here. But if you will remember, um, Auntie Mom 2, they set up Kale and Javi meeting at a bowling alley. And that's not how they met. They had already been dating at this point. And but like, God forbid anybody meets off camera. And that's what they're doing with Leah and Jalen. So on the show, she says she went to a concert. She met this guy and now he's going to be at this barbecue that she's going to. And she's so excited. She kind of likes him. That's not what fucking happened. They're making it seem like he's a mutual friend of all of her friends. No, no, not what's happening. And I don't understand because the real story is totally fine. And we have broken the fourth wall, so Leah can just explain to us what happens the way that she has explained to multiple press outlets. <laughs> we This is what I know happened is not like piecing together behind the scenes shit and sources telling people and, oh, she tweeted this and delete. No, this is like Leah gave an interview to Us Weekly shit. And this is exactly how they met, according to Leah. But you guys all know I think Leah is a chronic liar. So I wouldn't say pathological. I think she's a chronic liar. I think that she just lies a lot. I don't think it's a pathological, like compulsive, doesn't know how to stop it. I think she just does it because it's easier for her to lie than to tell the truth in a lot of situations. But Leah says that she met Jalen. Well, she first heard of Jalen, came became aware of Jalen In like September 2020, her producer was doing some work with ESPN and Jalen was also there. I don't know why he was there, but he was. And Leah thought he was cute. She followed him. Actually, she said she was like expanding her network because she does that fucking crazy brand speak now. That is so fucking unnatural to her. But, you know, that's what she does. So she followed him. I'm assuming they like liked each other's pictures, whatever. Then come winter 2021, so like January, February 2021, and they start DMing. Then from DMing, they go to the phone, and then they have their first date at that fucking concert that she's saying that she met him at on the show, which was in July 2021. She gives like a a descriptive story about their first night. He comes over. Addie was there and Addie like gave him a little bit of talking to like, you better be nice to my mommy. You know, classic Addie stuff. They went to dinner. They went to the concert. That was their first date. So I I don't really understand like why we can't just be honest about it. They want us to think that Leah's like meeting this guy and that he surrounds with her friends. And she's like, well, I'm going to this barbecue and like, Jalen's going to be there. I'm like, because you invited him. Because this, your friends are having a barbecue. They, these people don't know him. (laughs) 
they they don't know him. They don't know who he is. You're inviting him to this barbecue because he's your boyfriend at this point. Like, f- fully, he's your boyfriend because they, I mean, let's be real. This is Leah. From the moment they get together at this concert, they have their first date. Then, like, a few weeks later in August, they go to Costa Rica together. And then he asked her to be his girlfriend. So they're, like, fully dating within, like, a month of having their first date, which is fine, right? <laughs> like, that's totally a fine, normal timeline. But I don't know why we're pretending that that's not her boyfriend. And it it's just stupid. And I'm also, like, I just can't help but be suspicious of him. Do I think he's very handsome? Yeah, I think he's really cute. Is everything on paper correct about him? I mean, like blown away. I think he just posted he's going to a P- he's getting a PhD from Georgia Tech, which is a great school. Um, he's in the military. He has a master's. He is really serious about his job. Like, there's so much good stuff about him, but his desire to be an influencer like jumps off the Instagram page. And you guys know I like hate the way that Leah is presenting herself as an influencer and he's doing the same thing in a way that I just like it gives me like they say on TikTok it like gives me the ick people trying too hard to be influencers really the gross me out and I just kind of question anybody who has their life totally together and is willing to date like a reality tv star that lives long distance from him oh by the way like Jalen lives in fucking North Carolina or some shit Like, he doesn't live in West Virginia. He wouldn't just be at this barbecue. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Maybe he did have some friends there that he met through Leah. I don't really know. But, like, it just, none of this makes sense. And they could be honest about it. I don't, I think it actually would make more sense if they were honest about it. Here's my other issue with this storyline. I'm supposed to believe that it is incredible that Leah is dating a man. (laughs) They spend this entire episode letting us know that Leah doesn't date. Leah doesn't trust people. It's really hard for Leah to let her guard down. And I'm like, on what fucking planet is this the truth? And this is what I mean by Leah being a liar. Like, whatever. You go along with MTV for the fake How We Met storyline because they think the audience will like it better. Fine. That's their job, right? Like, that, I get it. That's fine. That's whatever. I I don't care about that. I don't like it as a viewer of the show and somebody that reads Us Weekly, but as I, I wouldn't say that's Leah lying. That's clearly MTV setting this up. She wasn't like, hey, MTV, I have an idea. <laughs> like, I'm going to lie about my whole relationship. She clearly wasn't trying to keep it a secret. She was giving interviews. That's whatever. I do kind of wonder, like, an adult that would get in a relationship with someone on reality TV and be willing to, like, fake that stuff, but... I mean, it's just a little bit of a red flag. It is. So that's whatever. But this whole narrative that Leah is telling us in which she doesn't trust men, she has been single for so long. I'm like, what are you talking about? You were fucking Jeremy not that long ago. (laughs) Like you were hooking up with Jeremy not that long ago. And I would actually imagine you're hooking up with Jeremy significantly longer than we saw on the television. She'll say stuff like, the girls are getting curious about who I'm dating. I'm like, getting curious about what planet are you living on, Leah? We know that 
the girls are like deeply involved in your dating life. We know that for a fact. We know that when you were fucking Jeremy, your girls were on your phone reading the text messages with him. We know they were deeply involved in your relationship with Jason because we saw it on the fucking TV. I don't understand this narrative that like we are supposed to be so proud of Leah for like finally opening up to a man and like how incredible is this that Leah finally trusts a man and we've never seen her do this before. Like, what? (laughs) Every man that we've seen Leah with on this show and also the men that we have not seen her with but we knew existed She trusts them right away. Like, that's Leah's thing, actually. I'd actually say opposite. When Leah says I have trouble trusting men, what I want to scream in her face is opposite, opposite, because the opposite is fucking true. Because if you had trouble trusting men, you would not have Jalen around your kids within a month. You would not have moved your kids into Jason's home within a couple of months. You would not have Jalen taking family fucking professional pictures with your children less than three months into your relationship. On what planet am I supposed to believe that you don't trust men? Now, do you have issues related to men? Yeah, of course. Of course you do. Do you have a lot of trauma from your childhood from your father and your mother that makes it hard for you to be in healthy relationships? Yes. Do you have a lot of issues that supposedly you've worked on in the last couple years, like when you joined that cult and shit? Sure. I believe that. I believe you've been working on yourself. But I don't believe this narrative that Leah doesn't trust men. If anything, Leah trusts men way too easily. (laughs) If if anything, she, like I said, it's opposite. It's opposite. And this is what I mean by Leah's a liar. Do I think she's doing this lying on purpose? <sighs> no, I don't know. I'm not sure if she has the full frame of mind or the perspective to really see what's going on in her life. I'm not sure about that. But she's just, she's lying. She's telling lies. <laughs> It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I don't know why we're pretending this. MTV wants Leah to be somebody she's not. She wants us to believe that she's somebody that she's not. And I don't really get why, because it's like MTV wants us to forget that seasons mm, mm, four through eight happened, right? Like Or five through eight, because that's when they came back from the hiatus. Seasons five through eight. Because I think we're on season 11 now. You know, A and B seasons, it's hard to keep track. But, like, let's say those years just, like, never happened. (laughs) That they never, ever happened. And that actually Leah is a born-again virgin who has not had sex with anybody since her and Jeremy got divorced. Like, that's how they're talking. They're talking like it's been years since she dared open her heart to anyone. This is filming in summer 2021. She was sleeping with Jeremy through the beginning of 2020, I'm pretty sure. And like, is that a long time to go if you if she really did stop sleeping with him and seeing him? That yeah, that is a decent amount of time to go without sleeping it with anyone or seeing anyone. I'm not saying like that's not a long time. I want to be clear. I I mean, that would be like 18 months. That's a pretty significant amount of time. But it's not they they want us to think it's been five plus years with the way that they're talking about this. And I just don't see it. I don't get it. I don't know why we can't just let Leah be Leah. I don't know why we can't just let Leah be like, what would be a lot more interesting to me 
as a viewer. And like I said, I'm not sure that Leah has this perspective of her own life. What would be a lot more interesting to me is for Leah to fucking admit that she moves way too fast with men. And what's she going to do different this time that she hasn't done with all of her past boyfriends? And she, like, could talk about with her past, I mean, her ex-husbands, her ex-boyfriends, how she moved way too quick. She had them in their kids' lives way too quick. She moved in with them way too quick. And that it would be this, like, fast and furious relationship that would blow the fuck up. And it would really hurt her. And she would be left really hurt and messed up after these relationships. And that she doesn't want to repeat that cycle again. Let's talk about that. Like, that's interesting. (laughs) You should see the hand movements I'm making right now. I'm really passionate about this. I'm really feeling this right now. But that's interesting. That's what we should be hearing. And instead, we're, we who have been watching Leah since 2009 are supposed to sit here and be like, yeah, Leah really has trouble trusting men. Leah has such a hard time opening up to men. On what fucking planet? Um, I don't even really want to talk about, like, what actually happens in this episode. Oreo comes over and they're talking about how, oh my god, she's finally, there's finally a man she kind of likes. And there's just, like, an awkward exchange where she pretends that this is the second time she's ever met Jalen and that she doesn't have his phone number. And we get a scene of him putting his number in her phone. (laughs) It's so stupid. It's so stupid and fake. Just be honest, Leah. Just, I dare you, I dare you to be honest, Leah. Okay, that's Leah. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with, I'm actually not sure. We'll see who we come back with. Okay, let's talk about Ashley, who, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) Talk about being dropped into the middle of a storyline and having no clue how we got here, no context clues, no explanation for anything. I am so fucking confused as to what's going on with Bar and Ashley. We knew that they got married because Pastor T had posted it on Instagram and then it got confirmed on Girls, not Girls Night In, um, Family Reunion, Ultimate Girls Trip, whatever we're calling it. And then this opens up, this episode opens up with Barr and Ashley got married. They didn't even get married at a courthouse. They got their license and then Pastor T married them, I think. Yeah, Pastor T signed the documents and they were married. Now, where we're picking up on the show, if you'll remember, <laughs> if you'll remember the season finale of last season was Barr and Ashley are amazing. We love each other so much. Everything is so amazing. Barr has stopped drinking. Things are so good. Ashley's graduation party, Barr gets blacked out and then gets arrested for discharge of a firearm. That's where we left off. That's the last time we've seen them on our television. And now we open with Ashley letting us know they got married. And I'm like, okay. She's describing it in a really sad way. She's like, there was no fanfare. And I'm like, that's sad. And she says, like, it's because our families couldn't get along. And to an extent, I do believe that. But I do not believe for one second that Ashley, Ashley Jones did not want a wedding, that she did not want to put on a white wedding dress. She, this girl loves to throw a party. She loves throwing parties. You mean to tell me that she didn't want to have a wedding? That doesn't ring true to me. She sounds sad when she's talking about it. 
it doesn't nothing makes sense i really needed a producer and to step in and sometimes i wish mtv would call me and let me see these episodes beforehand while they're in the editing process and i could say hey this doesn't make any fucking sense (laughs) I am deeply confused as as an audience member, and if I am confused, then I'm assuming that people who really know nothing about these girls except for what they see on TV are also confused. We needed a producer to step in and be like, why did you marry him? What decision, like, what, what made you guys get married? Why did you decide on that day to go get a marriage license and get married? Like, what prompted this decision? Was it totally impulsive? I need some information that they are not giving us. And I feel incredibly frustrated watching this because I don't understand Ashley and Barr's motives for any. I mean, I think I understand Barr's motives, actually. I don't understand Ashley's. Ashley is a really confusing character because on one hand, and I've talked about this before, right? Like the duality of Ashley, where she's on this show, she is seemingly a hard worker. She really loves her daughter and she cares about being a good mother. She wants better things in her life than she had. Like, she seems so motivated to do well. And I believe that she could do well. Like, I I really believe it. Like, when I see her talking about, like, going to nursing school and wanting better for Holly than the type of parents that she had, like, relationship-wise, that makes so much sense to me. And I I really believe it. Where a lot of these teen moms, I'm like, mm-hmm, 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 sure, sure, sure. I don't necessarily believe it. But Ashley, I do. And yet, none of her behavior with Barr makes any sense. And I do understand that they're in a toxic codependent relationship. I mean, we know there's been physical abuse in this relationship. We know that there's extreme substance abuse issues. We know how messed up this relationship is. And I I want to be clear, like, I understand that it is so hard to leave an abusive relationship or even just a, a toxic relationship. I don't know if this is, I don't know if I would, like, classify them as being an abusive relationship. Like, it's very confusing because remember, like, all of the videos she would post and, like, the stuff that would happen online versus, like, what we see on the show. But they're clearly in an extremely toxic, dysfunctional relationship. And I understand that's so hard to leave. And I get that. I've also talked extensively about the fact that, like, I believe Ashley and Bart genuinely love each other. And I think Ashley really, really loves Bart. And they're best friends. And when it's good, they get along so good. All of that makes sense to me. Total sense to me. The breakups, the getting back together makes total sense to me. I mean, I'm still not over her saying that no one else will, like, only Barr's allowed to make a fool of her. That was, honestly, the wildest line I've ever heard on Teen Mom. It was just so stupid, and she sounded so stupid saying it. All of the dysfunction makes a lot of sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is why they got married. What, like, did he need health insurance and you had health insurance? Were you worried that you would have to testify against him in something? I I don't know. Like, I don't think Barr has serious court cases going on. <laughs> you know, he's he said he has to do 15 days in jail for the DUI. And then they left it really ambiguous what's happening with this gun charge. He's like, if they decide to pick it up, that could be a real problem. It doesn't seem like it's clear what's going to happen with the gun charge. So I don't think it's like that. 
that Barr's about to get, like, arrested by the feds and Ashley doesn't want to have to testify against him. Because this is where my mind's going to, because I cannot understand for what reason she would get married to him. Because the last time we saw them, he's getting arrested. He's drinking more. It has not been that much time between Ashley's graduation party and where we start back up. So you mean to tell me Barb was, like, nice for a month and so you just decided to get married? It's it's confusing. It's really confusing. So she lets us know that even though we're married, things between us are rocky. Yeah, no shit. No shit. Also, Ashley's not stupid. That's the thing about Ashley is that she's not stupid. So when she makes stupid decisions, I find it incredibly frustrating as a viewer because I'm like, you're, you're too smart for this. And I don't, I don't want to say that about somebody that's trying to leave a dysfunctional relationship because very smart people can be in relationships like that. But the things that she says about certain stuff, I'm like, you sound stupid saying that much like the bar will be the only person who can embarrass me line in this being like, despite us being married wedding, our relationship is rocky. Like, there's no way that Ashley thought getting married would fix their relationship. That's why I'm confused. As a viewer, as somebody who watches this shit, I need somebody to be like, hey, Ash, could you sit, could you sit down for a minute? Could, could you just like walk us through everything that has happened between you and Barr since the night he got arrested? Actually, let's start at the night he got arrested because we still don't really know shit about what happened that night. We don't really know much about what happened that night. So let's sit down and have Ashley explain to us everything that happened that night. Why a dish... A a firearm was discharged, why she decided to stay with him after that, why she filmed the reunion two days later, looking like a loved up couple, et cetera, et cetera. Let's start with that. Then let me know the exact day that you actually tell me I could figure out via Google the exact day that happened, right? Okay, so let me find out the exact date that you two got married. (laughs) Could I find that out? If any of you have LexisNexis and can search that, because aren't I think most California marriage licenses are public. I think some are private. You can like specially register for private ones, but marriage licenses are usually public. Um, so if you have like the database to search, could you let me know what day they got married? Because I'm wildly confused on this timeline. So I want a producer to ask her to go over the night he got arrested, go over the next day. Talk about the next few days. Tell us when they started talking about marriage again. What after the arrest? How long before then they actually got married? What really like got them motivated to go to the courthouse and get a marriage license at that time? Like what specific reason? And even if it's just like you know what? Barr and I were having a really good couple of weeks. He, when Barr's doing well, he makes me feel so good. He gets in my ear. I kind of lose myself. I kind of lose my common sense when we're in this space. And I, he said, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I said, yeah, let's do it. I love you. I want to be with you. That, like, that's what I, that would be sufficient for me. I think Ashley has moments of impulsivity, like, real bad impulsivity that doesn't always come across on the show, but will randomly rear its ugly head. And I'm guessing this marriage was one of them. And I just don't get it. I don't get what's going on. Okay, just for the record, I looked it up. 
the graduation party was March 16th. Oh, happy one year. <laughs> happy one year to that. How nice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so that was March 16th, 2021. Where we are at the beginning of filming, I'm not quite sure. It feels like we're picking up in mid-July. I'm guessing they have not gone to Costa Rica yet for Leah, and that was in August. They definitely, I'm sure they definitely filmed that. If they've already had that Costa Rica trip and we're pretending that she's just me and Jalen now, I'm going to throw my fucking computer out the window. That will, oh my God, that will make me so mad. (laughs) But I'm guessing we're in July slash August-ish time when they're picking up filming again. So it's been, I can't do math, what, like four or five months between arrest and filming? That's not a long time, right? Like, that's not enough time for Barr to prove that he's doing better. What would have had to happen in that four to five month period was that Barr... After getting arrested, he then proves to Ashley how much better he's doing. They get married, and then there is enough time for him to show her how shitty he's being of a husband, and she's ready to get a divorce. That's a really tight turnaround. (laughs) Something is going on that they're not telling us. Okay. So she goes to lunch with her friend. Um... Oh, well, first Barr lets us know that he's just as tired of his behavior, if not more than Ashley. I found that to be deeply sad. Barr has serious substance abuse issues, right? I talked about last year how I really thought he would benefit from going to AA and like getting in a recovery community, I think would really, really benefit him. Barr clearly has serious substance abuse issues. Barr had no parental figure, healthy parental figures as a child, right? Like, Shen was letting him run the streets. Um, The male influences in his life were his brothers who were in gangs, who are now mostly in prison. Like, Barr really was not set up for success. And I, it's sad watching it because I genuinely think he does want to do better. And I think a hard thing for people that are not substance abusers or, you know, addicted to substances to understand is like how much when you're in active addiction, usually like you want to do better and like you don't want to be this way. And like you, for the most part, most people can like see how bad things are. And Barr, I do believe, loves Ashley and he loves Holly. And I think he does love being married to her and being a dad. And when he says, like, I'm more tired of my behavior than Ashley is, I I believe that. But at the same time, what I would say to Ashley is, it's not about feelings, right? Like, you can feel that way all day. But if your behavior is not actually changing, then she should not be sitting around waiting for it to magically happen. I just, I feel very sad for Barb because I think that he is one of those people who really wants to do better and just doesn't have coping skills and doesn't have a lot of guidance in his life. I mean, he's they're still pretty young, Ashley and Barr. I think they're like 24 in this season, 25. They're pretty young. I think they were 21-ish when Holly was born. So they're young and 
Bar is incredibly immature. He probably has a maturity of like a 14 or 15 year old. Just considering his life and who his mom was, I don't know if he knows, like, if his dad is in his life at all. I can't remember if he's talked about his dad, but we know who his mom is, right? Like, we've we've all seen Shen. <laughs> we've all seen Shen. And I think that he wants to do better and he doesn't know how. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so you're, you have to figure it out. Or you have to face the consequences of not figuring it out, which is... I mean, for most addicts, it's what they say. It's jails, institutions, and death. Like, those are the ultimate consequences for addiction. And unfortunately, I see it going that way for Barr. So, Ashley goes to lunch in a really pretty restaurant. A really pretty restaurant. There was, um, there was, like, plants all over. It looked really nice. She's like, do you notice that I'm not wearing my ring? And it's like, okay, Ashley. That doesn't, like, okay, we get it. You're mad at bar. Her and her friend talk about the graduation party, and her friend was like, yeah, when I left, like, bar was way too drunk, like, way too drunk, and I kind of knew things were, like, getting out of control. And Ashley says that she was telling him to slow down, and then she says something that's kind of, I don't know, I didn't love it. She says, just because you have an addiction doesn't mean I have an addiction, and I'm not going to carry your addiction. Now. Yes, just because Barr is an addict does not mean that Ashley is an addict. And just because Barr is an addict does not mean that Ashley is responsible for his sobriety. A hundred percent. But I do have to wonder if you are really, really trying to make it work with your alcoholic boyfriend, which at the end of last season, they were, right? Like he's on house arrest or he had the ankle monitor on. I think it was just to detect booze. They were doing so well. Like, maybe you don't throw the raging party for your graduation. And I know that in that situation, like, a lot of people who are the partner want to be like, well, that's not fair. I shouldn't have to do that because. But it's not really about being fair. It's about wanting what's best for your partner and meeting in the middle, which is maybe like, you have the graduation party, but it's just like a nice dinner instead where people are like drinking a little bit, but not like throwing back shots in the backyard. Like she was having like a a party party. And maybe if you are really a loving and caring partner and it's your graduation coming up and your boyfriend has like come off the best year of his life, basically, according to them, right? At the end of last season, at last season, they're like, this is the best bars ever been in his life. Things were really looking up. So maybe you think, okay, I'm not going to have a rager for this. I'm going to do a different type of party. I'll still be able to have some wine. I'll have a couple drinks. It will be fun. But I'm not going to host a party in which like everybody is getting shitty drunk. Because that's not a safe place for a bar to be. And or if you want to do that party, then bar can't come. Right? Because clearly bar is not responsible enough to be there. I don't even know if responsible is the right word, but clearly Barr is unable to be in a situation like that. And I feel like at this point, with the two of you being together, I mean, they've been together for a long fucking time at this point, right? Like, I think they've been together for six or seven years. So in the six or seven years that you've known him, you have to know that these situations are really bad for Barr. So why are you like having this 
party and inviting him in and doing shots with him. They were taking shots together. She was like fully watching him and being fine with him taking shots. Now, I do think I want to be clear that if a partner like isn't responsible for like physically stopping their significant other from drinking or using. But I don't know. I think if you really care about this person, you you're marrying them. You want to marry them soon. You're engaged. Then you set up a space that's safe for them or you ask them not to come. So that's when she's like, well, when she says this shit, like, I don't have to carry your addiction to that. I say you do actually. Right. Like that's part of the deal of being in a relationship with an addict and not just like a significant other relationship, but we'll talk, I'll focus it on that. But like, yeah, you kind of do. It's it, you, you would have to be off your rocker to think that your significant other getting sober from active alcoholism and drug addiction that nothing in your life is going to change. That's not possible. And part of agreeing to stay with the person through sobriety is agreeing to make certain modifications to your behavior as well. Maybe for some people that's like alcohol can't be in the home anymore. Is that fair to the other partner? No. But if that means if that's the difference between the addict like staying alive or not, like you don't keep alcohol in the house. And if if you need to keep alcohol in the house and if that's a line that you want to have, then you need to reevaluate your relationship because it's possible that you just shouldn't be with that person. I remember this is so stupid, but on Vanderpump Rules where Sheena was like, I just don't want to be with someone who doesn't drink. And I remember listening to podcasts and they, the hosts were like, yeah, I don't want to be with someone who doesn't drink. And at the time, I was like early in my sobriety and I felt really hurt by that. I mean, Obviously, they weren't talking about me, but I remember it, it really feeling like I was like projecting my feelings onto it where I was like, wow, somebody won't want to be with me because I'm sober. But the longer I've been sober, the more I understand. Like, that's fine. A lot of people don't want to be in a relationship with somebody in recovery, and that makes total sense. A lot of people don't want to stick around when their partner's trying to get sober because they're just not, they're, that's not compatible with their life. And if Ashley doesn't want to carry his addiction, as she said it, then she needs to leave him. She needs to leave him because her role as his partner is to help him carry the load of life, right? Like, that's the point of being married. That's the point of being in a relationship is that both of you help one another carry the load of this world, of the universe, of everything that's happening, When one partner is failing, the other one lifts them up, right? What one person is good at, the other one helps and is, what one person is bad at, the other one helps and is good at and helps them work through it. And Ashley is not responsible for his addiction. Of course not. But if she wants to be with him, then she needs to accept that some shit has to change on her end too. She needs to realize that like her drinking probably can't say the same. Now, I don't really know how much Ashley drinks. They don't make it seem like on the show that she drinks a lot. So if she's somebody that just gets drunk once a month, like, it seems really easy, like, her and Bar could work around that. Once a month, she wants to go out with her girls. 
he she stays at their house she comes back the next day like there are definitely ways that you can compromise and work around these things but it doesn't really seem like ashley is willing or able to do that so i question why she's still with him i mean i fucking know why she's still with him but i just i just hearing her say that i'm like well you're married to him so actually like you do like you do have to carry his addiction it that's why whenever i see like stuff on the internet about somebody's partner breaking up with them because they're mentally ill and there'll be a debate like is that good or is that bad and it's like it's neither good nor bad but like you're allowed to not want to have a partner that has significant struggles in which you will really have to modify your life and your behavior to accommodate them like that is such a okay line or boundary to have but have it or don't you know like either realize like this is not the type of relationship I want. I don't want to be in a relationship with this type of person and leave him or start changing and help him and you have a better life, right? Like if that's what you want, do it. Oh, this is a rant. This is a really ranty episode. I think this show is a lot better when I'm ranting. (laughs) I think this is a significantly better show when I'm like angry about what I'm seeing on TV. Makes it a lot more fun, right? Liz Brands. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um. Okay, so Ashley is saying, oh, her friend is like, well, no one can say you didn't try. You put in a lot of effort. You gave him every chance. And when I hear that, I'm like, why do you care if anybody says you didn't try? <laughs> I understand it's like a turn of phrase, right? Right? Like, but... It's okay, actually, if you don't. It's actually okay not to try if you don't want to. And I'm not really convinced Ashley's trying so hard. I I think a lot of times we um, confuse staying in a toxic relationship because it's comfortable and it's known with trying, right? Like as far as relationships, trying is like the two of you going to therapy, really working on yourselves, working on your relationship, like really putting in an effort to salvage what you have and make it better. I don't really believe that's what Ashley and Barr are doing. (laughs) I don't see any evidence of that. I see somebody that's like very comfortable in her toxic relationship with her husband who she loves very much. That's not really the same as trying, in my opinion. So Barr and Ashley have a conversation at the end of this episode. She sits down and she's basically like, I think we should split up. Uh, <laughs> doing this whole thing just because we're married doesn't mean we I need to be miserable. And I'm like, well, I kind of think it does considering who you married and what his life looks like and what you knew his life looked like and what choices he made. I kind of think you did choose to be miserable. Like, I think you made that choice. And maybe you need to own your behavior. I think that's also a problem with Ashley and Barr. Is that I and I think this is really true in these type of relationships. I know this was very true in my relationship with my ex, that my ex was so bad, right? Like he, he was so bad. He was so addicted to drugs. His life was such a mess that I was able to be like every single thing that's wrong in our relationship is because of him and he's the bad one and I'm the good one. I'm the victim. He's the abuser, which was true in a lot of ways, right? 
But once I got sober and I left him and I was like really able to reflect back, I was able to see like all the toxic shit I was doing willingly and the choices that I was making that were really stupid and really harmful to myself, to him, and the times I harmed him and was not a good girlfriend. And like I could see those. And I do think like a lot of my behavior was in response to a lifetime of trauma, right? Like, I I don't think I was being intentional, but I'm not sure that Ashley recognizes that, like, she is part of the problem because she has to be, right? Like, you guys have been doing this on and off thing for the last six, seven, eight years. That's not just all one person. So either, like, be with him or don't. Be with him or don't. That's at, like... At a certain point, when you're married and you're still doing on off again, girl, come on. Come on. So bars like this is the last thing that I want. You know, now that we're married, I just really want to be together. Okay. And Ashley is like, what have you, What do you do for our family? What do you do to provide for our family? He doesn't do shit. But when has bar really ever done shit to provide for their family would be my counterpoint to that. I'm not, I'm not clear when he has done that. Ashley does, she's like, I've been trying to be a wife, I guess. And she says, you know, one of us needs to make the, if we can't be amicable, we need to leave, we need to not be together. And she says, one of us needs to make the adult decision to move out. If you can't make that decision, I will. And I think that was a really good line. I appreciated her being very upfront there. I think that was the right I think that was a good phrasing. I did think it was funny that she was like, one of us needs to be the one to move out. And it's like, babe, bar needs to be the one to move out. That's your house. (laughs) Come on. You bought every single thing in that fucking house. Get out of here. (laughs) But also at the same time, I, I appreciate that instead of like screaming at him, which I'm assuming is normally their, their cycle of things, right? And forcing him out. I appreciate that she's like, I'm done with this and I will be leaving. Except Bar and Ashley are still together. So, (laughs) you know, they posted each other the other day. And Ashley was like, if she had some caption that was like, you don't see him here often because he's in my heart. And then also put a cat emoji, which I thought was kind of funny. (laughs) in her heart and her pussy um that was funny that it made me laugh I think Ashley is a funny person Bar also posted like a funny version of it they make me laugh they're enjoyable to watch but god they are toxic I don't know how anybody deals with them in their life all right let's go on to the other team mom young and pregnant girly little miss Jade um Jade and Sean are in a bad place Sean is not working Jade lets us know that she's He's staying with her on and off. And to that I say, where's Sean going when he's not staying with you? Because Sean, as far as we know, doesn't have a place that's not here. She does at one point say, like, and when you're not here, you're at your friends. And I'm like, I feel like Sean is there. <laughs> like, Sean lives there. I don't, I'm not sure Sean and Jade have ever gone more than two to three weeks with him pretending that he doesn't live there where she like makes him go run an extended stay motel situation and then she lets him come over once and then he lives together they live together again that's how my ex and I would be right like I would kick him out we'd have these big fights and 
I for two weeks he couldn't come over, blah blah blah. And then he'd come over and live with me again because what was he just not going to do that? Like we already lived together. That was our routine. This is what we did. And I definitely think that that's what Jade and Sean are doing. I think Jade is always trying to convince us convince us of some shit that's not going on. That's the theme of this week's episode. Like everybody trying to convince us, the audience, of some shit that's not right. Okay, so they have a really cute dog, by the way. Basically, Jade is on Sean about needing to get a job. Yep, makes total sense. And her friend gets him an interview at Costco. And she's really happy about this. Costco is a great place to work. They have they have a good hourly pay. They give good benefits. When I heard that, I was like, oh, that's great. Except come to find out, Sean says he went to the interview and Jade's friend is like, he never showed up for the interview. And she is pissed, rightfully, right? She's telling him over and over, you need to get a job, you need to get a job. But once again, this is like the same thing as Ashley, where it's like, well, Sean doesn't work. Sean has made it very clear that working is not for him. (laughs) Sean has made it very clear that he's not interested in holding down a full-time job and or having his own place to live, and that that's just not for him. That's that's just not his life. And so Jade being like, I don't understand why he's not working. It's like, because he doesn't work, Jade. Because <laughs> he's never really worked. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, why are you pretending like this is confusing? Just like Ashley Bart, you've been together for how many years? He's been doing this for how many years? Why are you acting brand new? I've watched, I mean, you haven't been on TV that long. And I've watched this thing happen like six times. They've only been on TV for like four years, and yet we've seen this more than four times. She's talking to the producer and basically being like, I'm trying to keep my composure. But then Sean takes her car. She has to go to work. Sean takes her car. She has to leave at 1230, let's say. He takes her car with Chloe at like 1210 with a plan to just go to McDonald's and come home. I'm assuming the McDonald's is down the road. And he just like isn't, he doesn't come home. He doesn't come back until like 1250 and Jade is yelling at him, understandably. Also, like Jade, stop letting him drive your car. (laughs) Stop giving him McDonald's money. Stop letting him live at your house. (laughs) God, she enables this like crazy. But as soon as Sean rolls up, he's like, don't fucking talk to me like that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And she he's like, I'm not talking to you anymore. And just being like an asshole like such an asshole they're having this screaming fight in the driveway which just feels very comfortable to (laughs) to to shod is what i was about to say to sean and jade we get a scene of jade going out to lunch with her friend that was on ultimate girls trip with her and her friend was like stop fucking around with sean (laughs) she's like it doesn't matter it like there's nothing he can do that makes you like that you'll like about him. You don't like him anymore. You don't want to be with him. Stop. Thought that was great. Uh, she said she's not really talking to her mom. She still wants Chloe to have a relationship with her mom, which to that I say, you should go to therapy. <laughs> Jade, you should go to therapy and work on that because I think that's, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a very real, natural thing that a lot of people feel. But I would love somebody to point out that. If this relationship is bad for Jade, then it's bad for Chloe, too. And you should not keep a bad person in your life 
for the sake of your child. It's just not, it's never going to work. So Jade lets us know suddenly that she comes home from work and Sean basically told her, I'm using again. I'm really deep into it. I need to go to rehab. And a minute later, he's on a plane going to Texas for three months. I'm assuming this is the same place in Texas that Amber and Butch went to, I would guess. I think MTV is like some sort of connection with them. I'm guessing that MTV helped set this up. By Amber, I mean Amber Baltiera, not Amber Portwood. I think it's great that he asked for help. I think it's great that it's a three-month program. I think that's really good. Um, I mean, really, people should be doing like six months to a year programs, but three months should be bare minimum. So that's really good. Um, Jade says this caught her totally off guard. She had no idea he was using again. But then she does say a little bit later, like, when I look back, I realized that there were signs. And I was like, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think Jade is, in a lot of ways, like, too busy to, like, to really figure out that Sean is using drugs. I think it's, unless it's, like, smacking her in the face, she's just not seeing it because I think that she's too busy, like, taking care of everybody in her life and doing everything that needs to be done. And she just, like, she sees stuff with Sean and probably just is like, whatever, and blows it off and doesn't really think about it. And then when she has the time to breathe, she looks back and she's like, Ugh. I'd be curious to see where Sean and Jade go from here. I think they're still together, of course. <laughs> of course. God forbid a couple and teen mom break up, you know? God forbid. Okay, let's talk about Kale. The new house is being built. Uh... The boys are with, the two older boys are with their dad every other week. Chris has visits every other weekend. We get a scene of Lincoln's football game in which Javi is the coach and she's the team mom. And I will say this scene makes me want to die. Like, (laughs) parents being too serious at children's games is, like, a real trigger for me for some reason. Not because that's, like, how my parents were. I just find it, like, wildly uncomfortable to watch. Wildly uncomfortable. But the her producer, like, pops up and is talking to her. And I'm like, where did he even come from? Kale's, like, fully interacting with her producer. I'm, I'm noticing the other girls not nearly as much. I think it's because she's not filming with other adults right now. I'm not really sure. Um, She says, you know, Javi and I are okay during football. So not so great outside of football. Producer's like, this isn't a success story that the two of you are, like, doing so well here. And Kale's like, I don't know. Um, Okay, so we get... Oh, I did see at the end when the kids are, like, celebrating. One of the kids' parents had a shirt on that said, stomp my flag and I'll stomp your ass. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Our next scene is Kale just, like, sitting on on her porch talking to producer... And a producer is like, you know, like, what's your life like? Like, is it so crazy? And Kale's like, it's just so stupid the way that they're asking her this. And Kale's like, this is what I'm used to. Honestly, like, this is it. The chaos, the chaos, the chaos. Like, this is my life. I love it like this. I couldn't live any other way. And I'm like, yeah, we know, Kale. We know. The producer says that her and Javi are flirty as fuck. Okay. It was like the worst millennial, like... You two are flirty as fuck. And it's 
flirty AF, actually. I wrote AF and I assumed it was as fuck, but now I'm remembering it. He said flirty AF. It was really cringy. Kale's like, well, not on my end. And she says, I would never date a man with kids. And the producer goes, even one that has your kid? (laughs) That was such a stupid line. Oh, my God, Kale. I mean, look, honestly, Kale probably shouldn't date a man that has any kids, including Javi. But hearing her say that is just stupid. It's so stupid. So the producer asks about Chris and she's like, we are never talking about Chris. This is not up for conversation ever. Okay, girl, shut up. Shut up. I usually am not a person that I'm like, well, why aren't you filming about it? I hate when Kale doesn't film and stomps away and refuses to film. I really try hard not to be that way. But when the main, like this main storyline in your life is Chris and you're like, that's not up for conversation. Yeah, it is actually. It is up for conversation. (laughs) Surprise, it is. Um, her and Joe are not getting along. She says that she goes to Joe and I feel like I'm being respectful and calm about it and I get insults back. I don't react to things the same way, but I still get treated like I'm Kale from years ago. Well, because like Kale, I think is one of those people that's like, I'm going to therapy now. I'm better and everybody needs to act like it, like act like it, act accordingly and is like you can't hold anything I've ever done against me. <laughs> I really think that she believes that way. Oh, she's so, so toxic. Okay. Um, then they talk about the Brie lawsuit and she says, you know, this Brie lawsuit, it's the first lawsuit I've ever like, like I've been knees deep into. Like, nah, I don't know. I'm like, what? <laughs> the producer asked her if the loss, why the lawsuit is important. And she said, because I'm tired of untrue things being said. I've done so many things wrong in my life, unethical things, and the things that I have done right, don't bleep on them. Don't bleep on them. I think she was saying shit, but this whole line that she said didn't make any sense. She's like, don't shit on the things that I've done. If she's saying, like, don't shit on the things I've done right, what is she talking about in regards to the lawsuit? (laughs) Because you didn't handle anything right with Chris when it came to that fight. Anything. Even if Brie is lying and this is not the truth, one would think that you would still have the peace of mind to be like, that was bad. I behaved badly. I mean, she knows she behaved badly. So when she's like, don't shit on the stuff that I've done right, I'm like, that doesn't apply to this situation at all. What the fuck are you talking about? Ugh. I think they could do without Kale on the show, honestly. I think firing Kale would be good. She's not going to be in a bunch of episodes this season, I think, because she refused to film when they gave Chris a contract, which I do find very funny. Like, that's very funny to me. Kale being like, oh, you finally want to come on the show? Okay, I'm not going to be on the show anymore, so you can't film anyway. (laughs) I really hate Chris. I think Chris is awful, so that's funny to me. But Kale... Kale should just end with Teen Mom. She doesn't want to show any of her life. She isn't willing to talk about things. She is suing cast members. Just leave. Bring in, I don't know, somebody else from Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. I don't know what the option is. Merge a cast, whatever. But 
I think they could do without Kale. I think it'd be good to move on from Kale after the. Actually, I mean, during the season, they should move on from Kale. They're not going to because I think they feel really connected to like Kale and Leah as like their original girls, but they're not. She's not needed. She's not needed anymore. At least Leah's going to show her new relationship. Kale's not going to show us anything but building that house, which I could not care less about. She says, I'm not going to take accountability for things I didn't do. And it's like, well, that nobody's asking you. First of all, you did these things. Let's let's all be clear. You did those things, Gail. <laughs> but even in a world where you didn't do those things, you're not being asked to take accountability for them. You just get on Instagram and be like, Bree's fucking lying. She's a liar. That like, when, what are you talking about? This lawsuit doesn't... <sighs> I'm really hoping, 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 hoping that this lawsuit gets dismissed and Kale has to pay Bree's legal fees. I think it's the only, honestly, fair thing that should happen. It's such a ridiculous lawsuit. Okay, so Bree recently got engaged to Javi, too. Remember, her current boyfriend is also named Javi. And she lets us know that she recently said some things about a cast member online. And we get a little flashback of, like, all of the drama Bree and Kale have had. And there's this scene of Brie being like, I laughed when I got the documents. She's laughing. Um, Oh, no, wait, that's later. But she says she laughed when she got the documents. It was so ridiculous. She says, I guess you'd call this white privilege. I don't know. I'd call her a Karen because that's what she is. I mean, it can't be ignored that Kale, a white woman, has been in the justice system multiple times, all with people of color and never a white person. And it's always her bringing action against them. Do I think that this is like an example of white privilege, like Kill going after Brie? No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I say I don't know to that. But do I think it's worth all of us examining the fact that Kill has been through the justice system quite a few times, civil and criminal? And it's all been with people of color. I mean, it's worth noting, right? It's just this lawsuit is so fucking stupid. So Brie hires attorneys. She pays a retainer for them. And then this is where she's laughing. She's sitting in her car and she goes, this is some rich people shit. And then she is laughing so hard in a way that I don't feel like we normally see from Brie. I wouldn't say Brie's a particularly funny person or somebody that has like a good sense of humor. Brittany is the one that's, like, always telling jokes and laughing to Roxanne. And I feel like Bree's kind of usually just, like, <laughs> laughing, like, quietly along. But she is laughing really hard in this scene. And I think it's, she's just having a moment of, like, this is so fucking ridiculous. And I'm glad we saw it on camera. Okay, so she lets us know that even though she's engaged to Javi, her feelings are really complicated. She goes out to meet Shirley. And Shirley's like, so how are things with Javi? And she's like, eh. And she shrugs. And Shirley's like, um, that doesn't sound great. She's like, so where are you in the wedding planning? And Bree's like, I haven't been wedding planning. I'm just in this situation and I don't know how to handle it. She says, I'm not excited for this. I just feel regular. Bree says she thought when she got engaged, she would feel fireworks and butterflies and fiery flames. And she just kind of feels nothing. And I'm like, oh, my God, Brie. Basically, she's explaining what happened is she's not ready to get engaged. Javi proposed. She knew if he said no, they wouldn't be together anymore. 
um kind of like when Corey and leah when leah was like i want to i don't want to get married i want to slow down he's like okay so we're breaking up and she's like well no i guess we're getting married i think it's that i think javi has like a really frail ego and a lot of toxic masculinity that's mentioned multiple times in this episode but basically she's like javi wouldn't be able to be with me because he's too sensitive and too prideful if i said no that's not a good way to get engaged brie that's not good I'm assuming in real time she's broken up with him and called it off. I'm not totally sure. But, ooh, ooh. I mean, at least I guess she's able to say it out loud. If not to him, she's at least, ooh, I don't know. That was, this was, I was like, Brie. <laughs> Shirley was like, Brie. Everybody was like, Brie, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um. She says that Javi doesn't understand that Bree's in the public eye and he gets jealous a lot. I'm assuming, like, guys commenting on her Instagram. And Shirley's like, yeah, this, that's bullshit. Javi walked into your life. He needs to accept it. You have been this way the whole time you've been together, and it's ridiculous for him to come in and try and change you. And I said, Shirley, that's right. I love Shirley. I think she, out of all of, like, the filming friends that all of the girls have across both series or all three series, I think Shirley is my favorite. Okay, so we get a scene of Javi and Javi, Javi and Javi, Javi and Brie going out for lunch. And she says, you know, I feel like things are going well. And the lawsuit really, like, confused me and rocked things. Brie says that she tells them, like, you know, well, I just want to enjoy the engagement for as long as you can. I'm actually not sure where this is said, but I have written down, Javi is a stable provider and it makes sense for her to be with him, but she doesn't have that fiery feeling, intense emotion. I don't know if she was giving a voiceover when she said that. I'm assuming she didn't say that to him. Sorry, bad notes. Okay, so then we get a scene of Brittany and Brie in the kitchen and (laughs) Brie lets us know in the voiceover that she's agreed to do a podcast with Chris. She's like, hey, Britt, can you pick the girls up from school on Friday? And Britt's like, yeah, why? And she says, I'm going to Philly. Chris reached out to me. Brittany is so funny. Without missing beat, she goes, who's Chris? <laughs> like, dead seriously. She's like, who, what? <laughs> Brie lets her know it's Kale's baby daddy. And Britt's like, how do you know Chris? She's like, well, you know, we like comment on each other's stories just through Instagram. Brittany's like, um, huh? And she said, Brittany says, you're being messy. She says, girl, you're just being messy. <laughs> Brittany was really laying it all out in this scene, and I loved it. Brie's like, no, I'm not being messy. And Brittany's like, what What even is this podcast? And Brie says, you know, it's like a podcast with a single dad's perspective. And I, I said, is Chris really a single dad? I mean, he's a a single dad and that he's an unmarried father. Um, does he, I feel like single parenting, if you have your kids two, four days a month, I'm not really sure you get to call yourself a single parent. I'm not really sure that that's an appropriate title for you. Um, Brittany asked her straight up, why are you doing this? Are you doing it to get back at her? Thank God. And now we said it, right? Bree's like, no. And Brittany's like, you know it's going to cause drama. There's enough drama already. You don't need more. 
And Brie's like, no, it's like, it's so, so fine and neutral. And Brittany's like, no, it's not. If you do this, there is going to be a shitstorm. And Brie has what I thought was a reasonable response to this, not to Brittany, but to the situation. She goes, well, there shouldn't be because when Kale had Devoin on her podcast, it was fine. <laughs> and she's right, right? Like, Kale had Devoin on to spite Brie, a hundred percent. And yeah, sure, you could say, like, he is a cast member of the show that Kale's on, so maybe it's a little more appropriate, but she did it to spite Brie. Come on. And Brittany points out, well, you're Brianna. You're not out here suing people. <laughs> when Devoin goes on Kale's podcast, you are not going to sue her. <laughs> uh, she lets us know that Javi is concerned about her going, and Bree's like, or Britt is like, why? And Javi told Bree not to make him look stupid. And Brittany's like, what? What do you mean by that? Do you mean because you're, like, going to see a man? Which I was thinking is what he meant. And Bree's like, well, I mean, I'm not going alone. I'm taking Shirley. And Brittany has an extremely reasonable response. Well, why aren't you taking Javi if he's concerned about it? Like, why don't you just bring Javi? He's the one that has an issue with it. Just bring him. And she says, because I feel more comfortable with Shirley than I do with Javi. And Brittany said, um, that's an issue. <laughs> Brittany was like, you're fucked up. Brittany was killing me in this scene. Ugh, like I said, this was a fun first episode back. I'm excited to see the Brie Kale lawsuit play out on camera. Unless Brie, I mean, unless Kale refuses to talk about it, I guess. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Kale. But that's it for this week. Go to my Patreon if you want to hear more from me. Patreon.com slash Liz Explains. And I'll talk to you again next week. Love you all. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.